There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into this Wednesday edition of the podcast. We certainly welcome each and every one of our listeners. I'd like to welcome our international listeners. I know we got folks daily are downloading from Canada. We've had some from Liverpool, England here just recently. And uh, even in the Asiatic countries, we've had many over the last couple of years from Japan, Korea, Indonesia, places like that. We certainly want to welcome each and every one of you. We're thankful for our homeschoolers. And I know Christmas break's probably coming up for most. Looking forward to that. But we certainly thank the Lord for each and every one of you that listen. And as the Christmas season comes upon us, we're going to get a little bit more focused here. I find it interesting as we go into the Christmas time, we're going into Calvary. And I don't believe that's any coincidence. I believe we'll be preaching Calvary. And then Lord willing, between Christmas and New Year's, probably take a little bit of a break and close out the year with some testimonies. We've asked some folks to give testimony. And we certainly look forward to what the Lord is going to do. And we certainly look forward to those uh, giving a testimony of what the Lord has done in their life. And that's always a great blessing to me to hear the work of God, that miracle of the new birth. And if you've never had a miracle in your life, you've never had the new birth. It doesn't come from repetition. It doesn't come from uh, what men tell you to do. It comes from a work of God. It comes from a miracle. When the Holy Ghost comes upon a man, the Holy Ghost convicts him, lets him know he's a sinner, lets him know he's without God. He reproves the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That's what he's going to do. And my friend, he's going to reprove that sinner of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And he's going to come and he's going to do that work and reveal Jesus Christ to that sinner. And that sinner has a choice to make. It is in his free will. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But he has that choice to come to Christ and believe the word of God or to reject Christ. And many, by the way, they they kind of choose a halfway yeah, they say, well, I'll receive Christ, but they do not do it by the word of God. They do not believe the word of God. They have a Christ of their reasoning, a Christ of their intellect, and they're yet they're without faith. And if you fall into that category, you need to examine yourself whether you be in the faith. And we exhort you, my friend, to have an understanding spiritually, scripturally, what God has done for you. I know it's been an offense to some. I've had people testify in services in the last couple of years, and they go into the details. They get out of the nitty-gritty. Why? Because they were religious lost, preacher's children, and, and, and they're, they're sitting there as pastor's children and others in the house of God. And they're without understanding, some of them even in their 30s, yet without faith. And the nitty-gritty of what God has done for them, getting down to the understanding of why they were lost for all that time, why they were not saved, and expounding on the Word of God that God has done in their life of how God saved them. And then other folks get all bothered by that. Folks get offended by that. 
Say, we just need to go ahead and just say it. Well, you know, some of the particulars are what we need to deal with today because that's what's keeping people lost. It's not this big, broad brush, well, you're just a sinner. And that sounds good on paper, but it's the particulars. Why are you a sinner? Why are you still a sinner? Why don't you believe God? What is it in your life and your self-righteousness that you don't believe God in? And I believe these testimonies are paramount to unlock those things. Had good reports over the last couple of years from folks that have heard those testimonies been pricked in the heart. And then they get into the preaching of the Word of God, and God uses that testimony, uses the Word of God, and the Holy Ghost begins to prick their heart about what's wrong with them. They do not believe the Word of God. They do not believe the words of God. And listen, everybody's looking for a formula. Get rid of this, pick up this. Get rid of this and gather this. Let's go junk this and we'll grab and we'll grab a hold of this. And everybody's looking for a formula, but you know what the formula is? You must be born again. That's the formula. You need that new birth. You need that miracle of God in the inward parts. Matthew chapter 22, and Jesus answered and spake unto them again by parables. It was prophesied that he would do this, dark sayings of old. And he said, and said, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Now, here's where we are today. This is what our ministry, my ministry, some of you that preach your ministry, this is where it is today. The, the kingdom of heavens, like this, a certain king which made a marriage for his son. Now, again, a certain king. He uses a parable, but he's using an actual story because he says a certain king. Anytime Jesus Christ said a certain, you can rest assured this was a king that Jesus Christ knew about. He said, send forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the wedding, and they would not come. And there it is, their will, would. Would they? No, they would not. Why? They made a conscious choice they would not come. Do they have good excuse? Not at all. But yet they have an excuse. And there is no good excuse why a man cannot come. I know folks said, well, I'm just waiting on God. Well, keep waiting on God, and you'll die and go to hell waiting on God. Because God is not one to be waited on. He's given his son. He has paid the sin debt for you already. There is nothing on God's part that he needs to do except to convince you how wretched you really are. That's what God is trying to do. People say, well, I'm just waiting on God. Well, keep on waiting then. You find yourself in the flames of hell. You find yourself in torment. You say, well, I'm just, I just need God to do something. God's already done everything he needs to do. He's revealed his son to you through the word of God. He's given you a King James Bible in your hand. He's preached the word of God to you. He has shown you Jesus Christ. What more do you need? If you know you're lost, what more do you need? And therefore, there's nothing in God's part, nothing that God is obligated to do. But this certain king made a marriage for his son, sent forth the service to call them that were bidden to the wedding. They would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them what you're bidden. Behold, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed. There's the sacrifice. And all things are ready. Come unto the marriage. The sacrifice has been made. That sin debt's been paid. The blood has been shed. Everything's in place. Everything's ready. People liken this to that marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, I don't have a problem with that. But long before the marriage supper of the Lamb, there's a sinner in need of a Savior, and that sinner must see that sacrifice, that offering of Jesus Christ that's been made for him, and he needs to see that by faith and realize that he has no strength in himself, no ability in himself. He needs Jesus Christ. That's what's needed. That's what's needed today. They need Jesus Christ. He said, I've done all these things. Everything's ready. All things are ready. Nothing else needs to take place. So what is the obligation of the sinner? Come under the marriage. Been preaching that for so many years. Come. What's the last words? Come. 
Closed out the meeting the other week with the last words, come. Had to do it again because somebody else had last words. So I had to, later in the week, it just said, come. That's the call, come. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. To Zacchaeus, come down. Spirit and the bride say, come. Here he said this, come unto the marriage. Everything is done that needs to be done. Why won't you come? Well, here's why. They made light of it. Went their ways, one to his farm, another to his merchandise. And the remnant took his servants and entreated them spitefully and slew them. So some were malicious in their response. Some were just indifferent. But the word of God said this, they made light of it. They did not take it serious. They would not come. And yet this is a man, a king, that's called them to a feast. This is the king that has brought them. A king has provided a way for them. The king has called them to his supper. He's called them to his table. What an honor and what a privilege. But they made light of it. And I believe there's a lot of folks making light of this today. A more convenient time. It's just a different day. Well, I just need a little bit of time. I bought a piece of land. I got married. All those excuses of life. All these reasonings why a man cannot come. But you already said, come to the marriage. Come unto the marriage. That's your obligation. you got to come. How do you come? Empty-handed. Do you come with a gift? No, you don't need to bring a gift. You know what you bring in your hand? You bring nothing. And you come to the feast because that feast is for you. That feast is because of the marriage of his son. That feast that he's invited you to is that he might show you his son and boast on his son. And that son would be magnified. And yet he's called and he's, he's invited men, but they will not come. They think of their farms, their merchandise, and then they entreat him spitefully and even slew them. And the king heard thereof, he was wroth. And he set forth his armies and destroyed those murders and burned up their city. And I realize he's talking about the Jews here. I understand that. But my friend, I want to apply that to us. Say, why won't people come? He talked to them later on. They find out they had these little things hidden in their hearts, little evil unbeliefs. There's no unbelief that's not wicked. It's if there's a slightest grain of unbelief in your heart, it's a wicked thing. It's an awful thing to not believe God, to deny the word of God, deny the power of God. And it's such a terrible thing. Folks make light of it. Well, I just don't think I believe. That's making light of God's word. That's making light of what Jesus Christ has done. Why don't you believe? Because you've got a wicked heart. And I realize people don't believe that. It's funny, after folks get saved, looking back and you listen to their testimonies, and they began to see how wicked they really were. And then at some point after they get saved, usually about a year or two later, they realize how wicked they still really are. And it's amazing to watch that when they realize that the preacher's been preaching them with that wicked heart all these years, they realize they got a wicked heart. And it takes them a while to figure that out, but finally they realize. And by the way, the man that realizes how wicked he is, there's hope for him far more than that one that does not see how wicked he is. And he said to his servants, the wedding is ready, but they which were bidden were not worthy. Why? They wouldn't come and honor his son. They would not come. He called them to come, but they made light of it. It's such a light thing. And folks make light of salvation. It's not severe to them. They don't stay up late at night. I watch folks under conviction and shake it off. And I don't believe folks are taking it home with them. I don't believe that. I don't believe they leave the church house and take it home today. I believe uh, that in the church house, as they sit there, they struggle. They're just looking for a way out. They want another song. And, and maybe God will deal with them. And then as soon as they say amen, they shut it off. They get about their business. They make light of it. They get in their cars. They go home. No thought given towards the things of God. No thought given towards the word of God. Told a preacher the other day, I want to sit there for three days. If it will take the conviction and lay it upon somebody for three days where they cannot escape it. 
And yes, somewhere in the dark recesses of the night hour, there are those that have submitted to Christ. There are those that have gotten trouble. There are those that have gone at home and God has visited them again in their home. We've also seen them saved at the altar. We've seen them sitting on a church pew saved. We've seen people saved in their cars. We've seen people saved. You know why? It's a miracle of God. There's no formula. There's no way to figure it out. It's a miracle of God. And folks just need to lay under that burden of conviction and not take it light and not take it with such indifference as they do today. He said they were not worthy to come. And who is worthy to come? And oh, my friend, you get that invitation to come and you realize how unworthy you really are. But can I say to you, according to the word of God, it's not because we're worthy that we've been invited. It's because his dear son is worthy. The invitation has come because of his son. And he said, go ye therefore to the highways and as many as you shall find, bid to the marriage. There's whosoever will. He came to his own, his own received him not. So what did he do? He came to whosoever will. And then he took that gospel to a lost and dying world that you and I might be saved by the good grace of God. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. And so we see when the king came in to see the guests, he saw there a man which had not on a wedding garment. He came. He came to that supper. He came to that marriage, but he didn't have on a wedding garment. Why? He was still clothed in his rags, still clothed in his leprous garment, still clothed in his filth. And he said to him, friend, how camest thou in hither, not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then said the king to the servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. And I realize the Calvinist takes this verse, the hyper-Calvinist takes it completely upside down. But you realize that many are called. There are many that will come, many that will show up, but they don't have that new garment. Why? They've been clothed in the righteousness of his dear son, Jesus Christ. And you must be clothed in his righteousness and his alone. Your garments are filthy rags. Your garments are wretched. Your garments are vile. Your garments are hideous. Your garments stink. That's your own righteousness. You've been clothed in your righteousness, but you get clothed in his righteousness, those clean garments those wedding garments, those garments prepared for the feast of his son. And oh, my friend, to have that garment, to know that you're his, to know that you belong to Jesus Christ. What a privilege and what a blessing. But this man showed up. He was called, but few are chosen. Why are they chosen? He chooses those that will come by faith. He chooses those that will believe the word of God. He chooses those that will come believing that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, many will come to that feast. Many will come to that wedding. Many will show up that day. But there'll be very few chosen. You know why? Because there's very few that would take that garment of salvation. There's very few that would take that cup. Very few would be cleansed and washed in his blood. But whosoever will may come. That's the promise of God. Have a great day. Lord willing, we'll be back on the podcast tomorrow. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, 
Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manassa Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.